stop saying you're a knowledge expert, right? Like if you have a great doctor, surgeon, they don't need to walk in with their badges and accolades for you to know they're a great doctor. If you are an expert, people will call you versus calling the loan officer. If you are an expert, people will call you versus calling the inspector. They're going to reach out to you first because they're like, hey, I need to know what Vikram thinks. Okay, well, I'm not quite sure. We should probably call the inspector. I have an opinion, but there could be structural damage. There could be water leaking. There could be mold. It could be horrible. Like That's not my job. My job is just to recognize that there's issues. The knowledge broker isn't the person that knows everything. It's the person that can pick up the phone and get the answer to everything. Right. And two agents are out there trying to fumble their way through this really intense process. Like a home, the systems of a house are crazy and people don't know about it. You, as a new agent, you need to know sales, but you also need to know how a home works. That's a knowledge expert. That gives you confidence when you talk to a client. You're listening to the number one real estate podcast in the world where we talk with real estate professionals all across North America about their wins, losses, lessons, stories, help you win in your local market today. My name is Cody from Sheridan Stream, joined with Vikram Deal of the Real Estate Sales Academy. We are going to keep this one really short and sweet. And we're talking about some of the best things that have happened over the last week in business and just recap some of the things that we've chatted with agents about uh, this week on the RA to podcast um, because- I think today was really cool. We we chatted with a agent that was on a team, right? And we also chatted with a team lead that is running a really really successful team. And what was cool is they're both in the same market. They are. <laughs> it was a, a they are in the same market. So I, I think the first place I want to start here, Vikram, is with like real having a the fact that they are both in the same market on different teams and they're mm-hmm. both winning. Mm-hmm makes me realize on a deep, deep level that there is, there's always going to be people that are transacting. It's just a matter of whether you have the market share you want to have or whether you don't have the market share you want to have. That's really at the end of the day, it's like, are you known? Are you the go-to person in your industry? Like um, Tulane chatted with us today about really understanding the market, really understanding what's happening in the market and earlier on today, Kyle chatted with us about really understanding your business and understanding how to read your profit and loss statement, how to run a successful business. And there's key well, fundamental think, principles. Kyle, one of the things that I love about Kyle is that he's so granular. Like, yeah, he, he wants to know it's not just a profit and loss. It's like, what do you consider your cost of goods sold? Like, what? What are you actually measuring? From where does it measure? Are you putting stuff back in from the back end to inflate your numbers? Like. What are you actually doing to understand the health of your business? And I, I would say most most entrepreneurs do a pretty bad job. Yeah, and I think that just because a lot of coaches don't talk about it. Like two or three weeks ago, I was at a uh, I was at a conference with Sharon. We're at a mastermind, and we were just chatting about cost of goods sold, like where to put people. And one of the a really powerful thing that Sharon said to me recently was, "Everything is up for debate with your accountant." on your profit and loss statement. So what he, what he meant by that is, because yeah. we were having a conversation with about this the other day and I and our ISAs, so the people that we hire, like our inside sales agents, were sitting under fixed expenses on the P&L. And uh, I said to Sharon, I'm like, should these people not be a cost of goods sold? Because technically we, we, like that's what we sell. Like we sell 
call center agents. We we help hire, train, and retain inside sales agents. He's like, yeah, I never thought of that. They should be under a cost of goods sold. And I'm the like, number, I thought the it. Month, the number fluctuates every month. Totally, it does. Hundred percent, it does. Month you might have twenty, and so yeah. not a fixed expense because one month it might be ten grand, and the next month it might be fifty grand, depending on what's one hundred percent. Because it's based on sales. So I think that like something really powerful that came up today during our conversation with Kyle was like really understanding your profit and loss statement. And potentially, I think a lot of people look at marketing when they start a business. They're like, okay, I have to invest into marketing. I have to invest into like sales. But I think that something that could go a long way is investing into operational strategies that can help you actually scale long-term. Like early on, we hired, we hired, uh, uh, this guy named uh, Ryan uh, uh, Ryan Weiss and Ryan uh, helped us build out our systems, our processes, and really helped us understand how to build processes that scale, like the what, the how, the why, and that's how we got started. Like we invested into process oriented trainings to really help us understand how to build systems and procedures, and I think that it's something powerful. But what were some of your takeaways from today? that you think would be beneficial for somebody listening to this podcast to really take away from the two that we did? Look, you, you got to stop saying you're a knowledge expert. Like you're, you're doctor, right? Like if you have a great doctor, surgeon, they don't need to walk in with their badges and accolades for you to know they're a great doctor. If you are an expert, people will call you versus calling the loan officer. If you are an expert, people will call you versus calling the inspector. They're going to reach out to you first because they're like, hey, I need to know what Vikram thinks. Okay, well, I'm not quite sure. We should probably call the inspector. Do you want to do a three-way call? Do you want me to reach out to them and schedule something? Like, how do, how do we discuss this problem in the home? Because like, I have an opinion, but I don't want my opinion to be what, you know, there, there could be structural damage. There could be water leaking. There could be mold. It could be horrible. Like I, I'm not, that's not my job. My job is just to recognize that there's issues. The knowledge broker isn't the person that knows everything. It's the person that can pick up the phone and get the answer to everything. Right. And too many agents are out there trying to fumble their way through this really intense process. Like a home, the systems of a house are crazy and people don't know about it. We, we were talking about this in the sales academy the other day, the real estate sales academy. You as a new agent, you need to know sales, but you also need to know how a home works. Like you should be going out with inspectors and shadowing them and writing notes and learning about the home and the structure and the foundation and the system. That's a knowledge expert. That gives you confidence when you talk to a client. Knowing the contract gives you confidence, but also knowing how to have a great conversation and take the information you know and then deliver it. Like we're talking with Tulane, I like to think of analogies like, if you have a really great five-star Michelin cooked meal, but somebody brings one steak out to, to your mom and then 15 minutes later, a wine glass comes out and then 30 minutes later, your appetizer comes up, the food might be great, but the order that it came in screwed everything up and you leave unhappy. Yeah. That's part of the transaction is like knowing how the house works, knowing how the contracts work, knowing the market. There is a lot of information you have to know as a real estate agent if you want to be in the top 20%, if you want to make 200, 300, 400, on top of just knowing how to call a lead, what's a good lead, what's a lead that needs to be nurtured, what's a lead that needs to be like pushed away for a couple months so you can focus on the people who are a little bit more active, 
What are your systems? What are your processes? What's your sales system? What's your CRM system? It's hard. And that's why most people fail because when they get into it, nobody talked about how difficult it is. And what, whatever business you want to operate, I, I've had the pleasure of being in like six or seven different, five or six different industries now. Every single one of them, I always say, oh my God, this is harder than I thought it would be. Yeah. So I, 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 like, I like what Kyle talks about knowing your business. I also liked what talk, Kyle talked about because um, at one point, my team, we had to go from a 50%, 60% split down to a 40%, 45% split. And people on my team were complaining. Well, guess who complained? The people who didn't do any business. My yeah. top two agents at the time, they're like, okay, cool. What's What, what are we signing? I'm like, I got to change the commission. They're like, up or down? I'm like, first time down. They're like, okay. They didn't even question it because they knew we just added more zip codes. They knew we just added this. We just added that. We just added this. So they're like, we're doing more transactions. We see your overhead's gone up. We trust you. Value props, good. Sign, sign. The people that weren't doing shit, they're like, oh my God, I'm going to lose $700. And the top guy's like, bro, go sell nine houses. You have 600 leads in your database. Like, yeah. show and that's, and, that's, <laughs> and that's and that And that's what Talene was saying. Like, you know, when she was talking, she's like, I get the same leads everyone else gets, but I'm doing 40 to 50% conversion. It's, I think agents out there really need to recognize that if somebody else in your market is taking business, Rather than asking, rather than saying, oh, it's not possible in this market, ask yourself, what are they doing? What are they doing to take market share? What are they saying? Like, what is the language pattern they're having? And what are the conversations they're having with people? Like we had, uh, I was having a conversation with Mike and Mike, uh, you know, well, we had a conversation with Mike, one of our clients who ended up talking to a first time home buyer, picking up a listing through the first time home buyer. It's all about conversations, all about language patterns. Everything you chat about in the Real Estate Sales Academy is so so valuable, especially in this market. But uh, wrapping up today, um, Vic, what would you say, what would, what would be your number one piece of advice for an agent in order to win going into the back half of the year? Because we are now in the back half of the year, whether we like it or not, we're going into June and uh, there's a lot of people behind their goals. What is something that they should do in the back half of the year in order to win in 2023? It's super simple. It's time to become responsible for your 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 outcome, right? There's um, my my sales coach, my coach. He says, "Heavy is the he- heavy is the heavy is the head that wears the crown." And what that means is, it's not the crown jewels that make it heavy. It's the person who wears the crown is responsible for the kingdom and all the decisions, right? Whether we're safe, whether we're fed, whether we have money, whether we're doing all the things. Heavy is the head that wears a crown because of all the decisions you're responsible for. You can't blame the leads. You can't blame the market. You can't blame the government. You can't blame the wars. You can't blame the anything, right? This person said this about that. None of that shit matters at the end of the day. When you go to your bank account and you put in your ATM card, do you either like the balance or not? And if you don't, you need to up level your skills, right? I I talked to somebody, they had 60 conversations a week, bro. They're doing 60 conversations a week. They're booking less than one appointment a week. So 240 conversations are booking 1.5 to 1.75 appointments for that. It's not the leads. It's not the market. It's skills. Everything plays a role in their leads. Like they guess they matter if they're older. But at the end of the day, everything converts. And I just sent you a list of 5,000 leads. 
I bet you we'll probably pull five to eight deals out of there. I don't think we'll pull a hundred because they're five years old, but I bet you we pull 10, 15 deals, eight deals out of there. And it's going to be worth paying your people what it costs because it's it's relatively inexpensive. And these are five-year-old leads that we're going to start dialing. So everything yeah. works, but you got to have the skills to convert an old lead and you got to have the skills to convert a FISBO or a door knock or an expired or a YouTube lead or a social media lead. Because just because they reach out to you in your inbox and we do it all day long, you do it all day long. Just because they reach out to you in your inbox doesn't mean that they're going to sign a contract with you. They're still nurturing. They're still conversation. They just made it easy because they said hello, but you have far to go to close the deal. Yeah. You- everything works. Let's let's close out with this. Everything works. It just takes all, it all takes time. It all takes skill and it all takes a little bit of volume. Thanks for tuning into another episode of the RE Agent Podcast. We'll see you soon. 